This is the podcast that drops in on people's moments of clarity. Welcome to Clear Headed. I'm so happy you're here. It's very LA of me, but I want to start every episode with one big deep breath. So if you're out running errands or you're sipping your first cup of coffee or tea in the morning, or maybe you're winding down for bed, I want you to join in. So breathe in and breathe out. Okay, let's get clear-headed. Walking away from things or people that no longer serve you can be hard. My guest, Kat Sadler, knows this very, very well. If you're a fan of the Time's Up movement, then chances are you've probably already heard of her. Or maybe you're one of her nearly 500,000 Instagram followers. While the two of us chatting is a norm, you can listen in to her podcast, It Sure Is a Beautiful Day, where I co-host frequently. This specific episode is focused on her incredible career, where it's been and where it's going. We talk about leaving a job that doesn't respect you, making the transition from employed by to employer, and a taste of what she has in the works. Here's making an exit. Well, thank you for being here. I feel like I'm all grown up. <laughs> well, I feel like you're all grown up too. So maybe you are. I Maybe I am. Well, I hope I keep growing. It's so full circle because when I met you, first of all, I don't even know if you know this, but the first time I actually saw you in person was at Osteria Labuca. And you were trying to get a table and I was a host and I was like, that's Kat Sadler. Please let me seat her. I know we're on a wait, but I got to get her in. I'm such a huge fan. Please let us, let me seat her. And my manager said, okay, go ahead, seat her. And I sat you. And then about a week later, I was looking on your Instagram and you were looking for people to come and intern for the catwalk. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend at the time was like, you got to do it. And I was like, no, I don't know. I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know. No, 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 no. You know, the self-talk we do in our head that's like, you're not good enough, kid. And I pushed past it. And I applied. And some time later, I went from intern to your assistant. And I feel like I can call you a friend now. But you have always been a role model. Always. Mm. From the time I sat you at Osteria Labuca to watching you on television to sitting across from me right now, you lead with confidence and a vision. And I want to dive into how you got that vision because to me, you're a pillar of sticking to your truth and sticking to your commitment and knowing your worth. And I've learned that from you through working with you. Katie, that's so sweet and so nice and I'm flattered and I don't even know how to sometimes receive those kind of nice, kind words, mostly because I know that you mean them. So thank you. That is, that's very touching. And I do remember when we met and I do remember not only my obsession with that restaurant, but I actually do remember you being a standout energy also. I do remember that. And was I on like husband number two at that time? I no. feel like I was with Reese. Who was I with? Nick? No. Yeah. I, <laughs> I knew I was on a date. <laughs> all, all my business is out there. That's fine. But I remember we were discussing 
we were discussing you because you were very, um, I mean, you should have been managing that restaurant in my opinion. Did Thank I just you. say that? But like <laughs> you were, you kind of took charge and I, you had a great confidence and you came to the table and you seemed incredibly self-assured. So um, that, that has always been part of, I guess, my attraction to you as well and why it made sense for you to be an intern and then why it made sense for you to become an assistant. And you left out co-host on my own podcast. I mean, look at you, girl. I mean, I you deserved all of the the growth and the movement that you have had as it pertains to me, but mostly thank you for saying I'm your friend because thank you're mine you. too. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, that goes to show how much can be going on internally that doesn't really match the external, right? Because you said I seem self-assured and then I'm questioning if I even type and send in my resume. Yeah. Has that been true with you? Have you put out an external confidence that didn't match your internal before? Mm, I'm sure that I have and I'm sure that I still do. Mm. I think for me it it kind of goes in waves. I don't know if everybody's like this but yeah I think I'd be lying if I didn't say certain days I gotta dig deep. Certain days I, I've got that that noise in my head or the shadow beliefs or that negative self-talk. But I will say that with age and experience and just living, I would say there's less and less and less of that. But some of it is just and has always been the practice of A, self-love, which I'm sure we'll get into, but B, just the kind of practice of it's like getting ready for a game or an event or a competition. Sometimes I would just look at life like, I would get up and just, you know, look in the mirror and say nice things to myself or grab my post-its and write a cat formation down. I've always been very interested in nurturing my spirit. Maybe somewhere in, in my story and my life and my childhood and all of that, I kind of knew that I needed to sometimes parent myself in that way and mm -hmm. uh, nurture myself and work on this concept of self-love. So I have been at work on that probably most of my life. You say that it's time and, and age and living life and you have lived life. I mm. mean, you've had a massive success. You had a pretty public separation with a major network that you then kind of became the forefront of a major movement and a, a stand-up person, a pillar of examples of how to lead with knowing your worth as a woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of life that a lot of people don't <laughs> live. It is a lot of life. It is. It it's is. a lot of pressure. It's a mm -hmm. lot of pressure, right? And you made diamonds out of that pressure because you come out stronger. And I want to know, did you have a moment that you can think of where you said, these are the cards I'm being dealt with my contract or with money or with somebody assessing my worth and I don't like them and I'm going to not choose to play those cards. What was that moment like for you? Mm. It was a series of moments. It's really interesting because I talk about this and and I'm able to, I suppose, give some tangible takeaway advice. And if you're ever in a situation like this, this is what you can do. For me, it really, really started with, yes, the reality of the situation being spelled out for me, um, gaining some knowledge, some information, and then deciding what to do with that. Absolutely. Like, what do I do with what I know at this point? Because, yeah, I didn't like that deck of cards. Mm -hmm. But the knowingness came 
internally. And it's really hard to teach that to people. You know, it's yeah. like, here, there's no manual. There's no, this is what you do if, this is what you do when. It was just, it clashed so much with what I knew in my core would serve me. And so the question really just became, do I listen to that and be truthful and honor myself? And, you know, how does that look? Or is it just, oh, suck it up, do it anyway, and like convince yourself of all the other reasons that you can just play this hand, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I could have stayed at that job, right? I could have just said, oh, well, suck it up. You're making good money. It may not be his money, but you're making good money. Or I could have said, oh, I'm raising two kids. This is too risky and been and, and stuck in fear, right? Or, you know, don't leave. You need a paycheck every two weeks. You're single. You don't have a, you know a husband or a partner who's helping. Like I could have gone to all the fear. I could have gone to the potential lack. Should I have, you know, would I have left that kind of thing? But at the end of the day, after a lot of soul searching, it really just was about trusting the universe, trusting myself. And once I decided just really, really leaning into that, and that didn't mean it wasn't scary and that didn't mean it wasn't painful and it didn't mean it wasn't highly emotional for many, many months, but I at least can reflect on that and look back and think I stayed true to myself. Trusting yourself is a muscle. I can say that I've been trying to work that muscle. I think it comes with situations that you put yourself in, like leaving relationships. It doesn't always have to come in the form of a career. It can come in the form of like getting out of a bad friendship or leaving a substance uh, and trusting that you might think you're going to fall, but that you trust yourself enough to catch yourself, pick yourself back up and walk in a new pattern and stride. Do you think reflecting on your life before that big career moment, had you practiced trusting yourself with leaving other things before? And was that a good workout? And give did it give you the muscle to leave with more confidence? Mm. Well, I certainly agree with you. This is a big one for me, trusting thyself, not lying to thyself. Like this is a very, very big kind of leading virtue in my life today, for sure. I don't know that prior to my departure from E, if like leaving things had any type of real symbolism. Um, and I don't know that I was really thinking about, do I trust myself or don't I trust myself? But the one thing I was always in tune with was my feelings. Like I know it's, it just sounds so like we're operating our whole life uh, because of feelings, but but there's there's logic when you approach things and then there's your feeling. And is that a gut? Like is our gut, you know, like our sixth sense? I, I really do feel like it is. Yeah. And so I was guided by that very often. And I was at least smart enough or paying enough attention that that gut feeling always served me if I chose to listen. Yeah. Am I guilty of ignoring that? Of course, a thousand times over. What's interesting in my story, and I don't know if any of your listeners can relate, but I was better at trusting my gut professionally, trusting myself in my work, trusting myself in my abilities than I was in 
personal relationships or romantic relationships. It's very interesting. And, and that kind of parallel has come up a couple times in, in my life where I'm like, wait a minute, how can I be so clear on the one hand over here when it comes to work and then not clear at all in, in some personal relationships? I've done a lot of work on that in just even the last year or two and a lot of therapy. And I'm definitely in a place where I can see now why that was for me anyway. But man, if you can line both of those up and you can just get to that just as a blanket place with yourself where you just listen and you're in tune and you're kind of your inner compass is guiding you and you respond to that. I think great things come from that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm guilty of that. I don't know if guilty is the right word. I'm not on trial here, but like I 100% feel a lot more confident and comfortable in my professional life sometimes than I do in my personal. And I, I think for me, the reason is because I see myself almost as two different people. Like, uh, I don't know if it's trauma or childhood is not enmeshed and entangled in my career as it is in my personal life and my relationship. So I, I'm not coming from the same point in my personal as I am in my career. But you said that you have gotten to a place now where you are more clear in your personal life. Did you have an aha moment with that too? Did you have a breakthrough or a breakdown or a breakup? A breakup. <laughs> you know a it, girl. <laughs> you just set me up for that I one. Totally that was good. That I totally did. That was good. That was good. I had enough breakups, Katie. <laughs> That's what it was. Enough. I don't know if it's an aha moment or we're just meant to have a lot of these throughout our lifetime, but I definitely got the memo this time. Yeah. You know, I got the memo and the memo came in the form of devastation and pain. And I hate to describe a stinking breakup that way, no. but I mean, you know, anybody, anybody listening, everybody's been through a breakup, but I, I suppose I did have a breakdown because of that. This wasn't even a husband, you know, there weren't even kids involved. I mean, there were kids certainly involved, but they weren't with him. It was just, it was the ultimate betrayal for me that in some ways after dissecting and, and going through all this, it's like betrayal of self really at the end of the day, when you accept certain behaviors or you engage in an abusive relationship. I'm not overusing the word abusive, certainly I think emotional abuse is far more prevalent than some people realize or or label in relationships, but I, I was definitely that person. And so coming out of that, coming down from that, breaking down from that, man, it was so good for me. And and I hate to say that a pandemic was a part of that, but it really was the fact that we were sheltering at home or on lockdown. I was allowed the space for probably the first time in my life. Yeah to stop and sit and feel and grieve and reflect and question and all of those things. I mean, how many of us revisit patterns simply because there, there's no getting off the hamster wheel. And I would have in the past just kept going and kept working and kept going, you know, going out or go drinking or meeting friends. And I would have just never faced what I needed to face. So yeah, I think that was my my moment was a breakup that allowed me and turned into a real opportunity to flourish and grow and expand and challenge myself in ways I needed to. 
Yeah. Well, I'm listening to you say that and I'm seeing a similarity because I know that you still chose your feelings in that moment. You chose to sit in your feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. coming back to being present for yourself and being like a magnet to the feelings instead of the heady thoughts. Yes, of course, a pandemic allowed for us to have the opportunity. I mean, it was like a full stop. Like Mm. you could not run Mm -hmm. if you tried. And I tried, girl. I Whoa, (laughs) did I try. But the inevitable happened because you listened to yourself, I listened to myself, and you sat in your feelings. What do you think pivoting back to career with those feelings has this – pause in the economy and the workload and everything made you reassess your professional life as well? Yes, 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 and yes. It's been it's been an interesting, I would say, four years for me because as you mentioned, I had the kind of the pivotal departure from cable news after five days a week for 20 years. You know, that is one way to live. And like, even physically, it's like doing something over and over and over and getting up every day and getting into glam and doing your notes and going on TV and all that comes with that. It's a high, it's a buzz, it's exciting. You know, you travel the world. There were so many gifts that came from that. So then when you jump ship, I mean, there's already, even if it weren't over a pay disparity issue, I think it would have been hard because it's like the cadence of life just changes. So then you become, I became an entrepreneur and I'm building my own business. And I was really ramping up there for a while. I knew the podcast space was a no brainer. This was, you know, three and a half years ago or something. And I really enjoyed learning the business of that because it is very different than television. So, you know, owning my own own IP, growing my own brand, digitally learning a lot more, learning the, the, the business side of all that. I was on a real upswing and then COVID hits. And as you know, <laughs> as you know, I, you know, I used to have, I used to have more people around. I used to have more help. I used to have, you know, people working on my website and people doing my social media. And I had a lovely team of people assisting in, in my work, which allowed me to kind of focus more on, I think what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm good at, you know, conversing, interviewing, the art of the interview, going out, telling stories that fell apart uh, because of COVID. And, you know, the other part of my work or events and red carpets and award shows and all of that. And so that all went away for me. So like so many people, you know, I've definitely taken, my business has taken a hit for sure. So that's been an adjustment. But as far as reassessing, you know, what am I doing and and what what are my offerings and what, who am I and what is my (laughs) career? I mean, I definitely, I definitely am in a place where the gears, like I'm in a much slower gear than I used to be. Sometimes I catch myself being really hard on myself because of that. You know, I think all of us, I mean, you just have to be awake to start comparing yourself to others. You know, you just freaking can't even check Instagram before you're like, oh shit, I'm already behind. I just opened, I just, I just opened my eyes and I'm already behind. You know, sometimes I am guilty of feeling like I'm not doing enough, but honestly, if I'm really honest, I'm very comfortable right now. Now I'm, I'm okay taking my time with what is next and what is coming and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I have this really beautiful balance in my life. My kids are 17 and almost 21 and I, Orion's going to graduate in a year. And so I'm just, I'm, I am allowing again, more space. I know 
there are seasons for everything in life. And I just really, I've kind of surrendered to the fact where it's like, keep it steady. You got your podcast, you got your business. I do an occasional project. I do an occasional, you know, collaboration. I'm, you know, I've got certainly a lot of interests that I am tending to a book in the pipeline and, you know, an app and some other things I'm interested in, but I'm just giving myself some grace in it all. I'm not like, this has to be done by next week. And then I'm just like, eh, I'm enjoying my kids more. I have more time with them. There's just a beautiful balance in my life. And I don't know if that answered your question, but um, as far as career, my foot is on the brake a little because whatever it is that I am going to do, it's going to mean something. It is going to be valuable. It is going to be contributing in some way both because I'm passionate about it and of course I will get joy out of it, but also because I want to make an impact. And I know what that isn't now. I think that's the biggest key. Like I know what I don't want to do. Do I want to go back and do entertainment news five days a week and have to know everybody's business anymore? No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I really do think if a big network showed up today and said, do you want to do this? I just think I I mean, well, I guess (laughs) I'm thinking about the money. I mean, it's terrible. (laughs) Being honest, I'm like, well, it is harder to own your own business and uh, not get that paycheck every right. two weeks. I, I would be lying if I didn't say that wasn't true. But no, that's I don't think that's how I'm supposed to be used anymore. So I, I'm for anybody listening as far as career goes and what does that look like? I just I think, you know, I think sometimes we're just really, really hard on ourselves. Some people are really great at it and they're really competitive and they're really hungry and they have this insatiable appetite to build, build, build and do, do, do. But I guess I'm just past that at this point. Can I just say that is so yummy and refreshing to hear because as a 27-year-old sitting looking with my career ahead of me, sometimes I feel like I'm going to get just burnt out and exhausted and this idea that I have to keep my foot on the gas all the time is – it's 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 exactly how I sound it is it is uh stagnant it makes me stagnant because I just can't even think about that longevity of it so it is so refreshing to hear that there are from your experience seasons and reasons and flows and ebbs in a career and that is normal and healthy and good and you're balanced and I love hearing that oh thank you and let me just say to you you said my career ahead of me and I get it, like, especially in your 20s, it's like, what's my mark going to be? What's my career going to be? What's my story going to be? What am I going to achieve? Where, wh- what are all these you know, pillars of success? But I would just say you are in your career. It's not ahead of you. It's at this moment. Look at you. Look what got you to this table right now having this conversation. So you are in it. Just be there. Thank and you. if you're there, then later it all comes and unfolds as it should. Uh, okay. You can't, you, we can't control what that looks like three years from now. We can control what we do today based on what we want to come three years from now. Right. But you do, you got up this morning. You're here at Wave Studios, right? Yes. Like that's, that's, you know, sometimes it's just acknowledging the, all the string of things that get us to one day that moment where Yes, well, someone will be handing you some gold statue and I'll be like, I hired her from the the Buka restaurant, whatever. I won't be able to say it then either. And I'll be like, oh, I knew she had a little something special. I knew it. I knew it. And we'll eat pasta together. I've never had a grandma voice, by the way, but apparently that's it. Well, hopefully it's not telling of how far away that is. When I'm 90, so that puts you, you've got 45 years till you get your (laughs) goal. Oh my goodness. 
Well, thank you so much for the laughs and the joy and just, God, you're so inspiring and I love you so much. Thank mm. you for being here and sharing a moment of clarity with me. I feel clear-headed. Okay. Thank you. Love you, Katie.